Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to be a successful foreclosure acquisition specialist. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host, Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, and as always, I have my main man and producer, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's up, Jay? Oh, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving what we're doing with the show and just enjoying our time. It's an awesome time. It's a great place to be. We are recording today from the Creative Density Studios in downtown Denver. A great place to record podcasts, to learn more about podcasting. Definitely want to shout out to the great people at Creative Density for letting us use the studio. And if you are watching the video today, let's sit up just a little bit. This show is sponsored by Cardinal Financial. Give me some swag here. Yeah, they give me a nice shirt. I'm sorry, man. They take care of me. It's the host. Cardinal Financial, great place to get your financing set up uh, for buying a foreclosure or refinancing your home or purchasing a home. Definitely look up Cardinal Financial. Uh, we appreciate them sponsoring the show today. Hey, let's get right to it because we got a lot to cover and not much time to do it. And we have our foreclosure news report of the week. And I read an incredible article from Market Watch entitled, The Surprising Ways Foreclosures Make Housing Market Downturns Even Worse. Now, it is interesting because when you start looking for foreclosure news, today there's a ton of it out there. Every major news outlet is slowly but surely indicating what is happening in the foreclosure market, Market Watch being a huge market watcher, is now realizing that there's a kind of a downturn and they're, they're getting out in front of the news here letting people know. I got to tell you guys, before foreclosures will make mainstream media, it'll be two years into a foreclosure crisis, okay? Because today all you're hearing is about how hot the market is, how high prices are. It's these tiny little tidbits of news that got to keep an eye out, okay? It's not the masses of information you want to track, it's the minutia. See, the masses aren't going to make you money. When everybody is telling you to buy a house, you should be consider selling, right? And the whole market is in a sell-off state, buy as much property as you can, and MarketWatch is now indicating that the massive wave of foreclosures that have wreaked havoc among communities all across the country is one of the most previous hallmarks of the previous recession. What they mean by that is there's a bunch of foreclosures that hit at once. Okay? And that really is what brought the marketplace down. And why is that? Well, when you have a foreclosure in your neighborhood and it sells for 10, 15, even 20% below market prices for just a little bit there, when I say a little bit, I mean three to six months there, you're going to lose value on that property, right? You effectively reduce value of all properties in the neighborhood. Now, what if there's 20 houses in your neighborhood in foreclosure? Right? See, this has a devastating effect. Now, Joe Small Retail is saying, hey, my house is not a foreclosure. It's a nice house, and this is still a nice neighborhood, but the appraiser, the guy who's deciding what the property is worth, has got to use what's called comparable sales. Okay? So if your neighbor has similar square footage, was built in a similar age, 
right? And he sold for 20% less. Maybe he didn't want to sell. Maybe he was foreclosed upon for 20 or 30% less than retail. He has a direct impact on the value of your property. You see what I'm saying? But that's only the beginning of it. See, when that person forecloses, they now have a mark on their credit preventing them from re-entering the buyer market. So when a bunch of foreclosures take place at the same time as MarketWatch is explaining it, you now have a bunch of buyers who can no longer purchase homes in the marketplace. If you're removing buyers from the market and property values are being depressed at the same time, you have the perfect storm. And that led to, last time, a massive financial collapse in the real estate marketplace. Okay, so on top of that, more foreclosures means the lenders have less money available to lend out to other people. Right? Because it's now tied up in foreclosure property. And sometimes, and especially in the big crisis, these foreclosures were sitting around for six months, even upwards of a year, with capital just tied into thousands and thousands of properties all across the country that is now not lendable to another individual. So think about the triple strike here, okay? Property value is depressed. The buyer's taken out of the marketplace, now has to become a renter because of a foreclosure mark on his credit. He can no longer purchase a home in that community, so he's a renter now. And the capital is tied up so the lender has less money to lend. It's the perfect storm, and MarketWatch is indicating that if we go through something like that again, they're not saying we will, okay, they're saying if we go through something like that again, it's going to be very hard this time around because property values have gone up so much in this phase that that gap in between the retail price and the foreclosure gap could have a massive impact on the retail prices of properties around in those neighborhoods. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. So you have to keep an eye on this marketplace. You gotta watch what's happening in the foreclosure market. And that's what we do right here on the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. We are tracking what's happening in the foreclosure market and trying to bring it down to layman's terms. There's these big financial data, economic terms we're gonna throw at you. The professional investors of the world have been tracking this data for years. They understand what's happening next. As a professional foreclosure investor, I gotta tell you that I'm excited, not, not that people are gonna lose their homes. I don't want all the hate mail. You guys can keep that. I'm excited there's going to be more foreclosures in the marketplace because it means that we're going to have more opportunities for people like yourself, the fine listeners of Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, to not buy a house but rather by a deal in this marketplace, okay? Right now, the opportunities are kind of limited. They're starting to increase. If you listen to last week's show, we talked about how foreclosure starts. We're heading upwards. Certain cities are seeing a 50% increase in foreclosure starts from this year to last year, 50%. We are blessed here in Denver that we're not getting quite that big of a hit at the moment here, but it's going to happen, guys. We are shifting from a very devout seller's market to a hardcore buyer's market. It's happening right before our eyes and we want to get you guys out in front of it. So today we're going to talk about refinancing and how it benefits the foreclosure buyer. We touched on it a little bit in last week's episode, but I want to go and deep dive into this a little bit because there's a common misconception that you can't finance a foreclosure the way you can finance a normal property. Nothing can be further from the truth. As a matter of fact, financing foreclosure is probably a much better move, not probably, is absolutely a much better move than financing a retail property. And let's tell a little story, shall we? You like stories, John? Yeah, they sell, man. All right, let's, let's hear it. So we got Harry and Sue homebuyer, right? And Harry and Sue, they're, they are savvy buyers, right? They're out there, but they're savvy, but they don't, they, they fall in love, 
They fall in love with this property and they pay retail for a two three hundred thousand dollar home. Okay, right? Exactly, exactly. So they buy this three hundred thousand dollar house. Now something happens and Harry loses his job, etc. And now they're in a position where the market they have to sell, but the market around them has collapsed. Right? We are now in this foreclosure market that I'm telling you guys is coming. When is it coming? Well, listen, my crystal ball is broken. Okay, but what we do know about the real estate market is it's generally on an eight to ten year cycle. And if you consider that the real estate market really started its upward swing about 2009-ish, okay. then we are two years past due on where we probably should be on starting a recessionary real estate market. I'm not telling you when it's going to happen. I'm not even telling you if it's going to happen. I'm just telling you if the cycle holds true as it has for the past, I don't know, 100 years or so of trackable real estate data, we're heading that direction right now. Okay, So Harry and Sue buy this house at $300,000. Harry loses his job. The market's now a foreclosure market, and that $300,000 house has now depreciated in value by $260,000. Now, I have to tell you before you go, yep, there it is. Uh, there it is, Bill. This is why I'm not buying a house right there because it used to go down in value. It's an acceptable risk, okay? Because here's a guaranteed risk. A guaranteed risk is you paying $1,800, 2000 even $1,500 a month to your landlord every single month having nothing, for show, nothing to show for it, okay? That's a guaranteed risk, meaning you will absolutely lose money on this proposition. Buying real estate can be quote-unquote risky, but it's still better than paying rent, okay? So don't use this story as an excuse to stay a renter for the rest of your life. That's not what I was saying. I was saying there's a risk and there's a reward with that risk. Do you follow? You with me? All right, so Harry and Sue are now in a position where their $300,000 house is only worth 260 grand. They're in real trouble, right? Now, either Harry's gonna foreclose too because he can't bridge the gap, or they're now forced to keep the house as a rental. Not the worst place to be. Sometimes a rental property could be helpful, but being a forced landlord is not the same as being a desired landlord, right? So if you didn't set out to become a landlord, you're not going to enjoy that process, right? If you bought a house with a rental property in mind, which I believe you treat every property as a rental property when you first purchase it, plan ahead and know if you rent it out, this is how much you can get for it. We coach that here at Foreclosure Deals Coach. What's your secondary exit strategy? Can we rent it out? Okay, but or he's going to lose the property because he's upside down. These are the options. Okay, we don't want to put you in that spot. So Harry and Sue, savvy buyers, right? But not savvy enough. Now let's get two other home buyers. We've got our good friends Jim and Angela, home buyer, right? Now Jim and Angela listen to Foreclosure Deals Coach every single week. They are proud members of ColoradoForeclosureDeals.com. They love our Facebook page and they're watching the property. And Jim and Angela find themselves a gorgeous house in the same neighborhood as Harry and Sue. But that property they find is now at $225,000. Now it needs some work. The previous owner didn't care for it very much. right? The lawn is terrible. The paint is shot. It needs a roof. But over time... Jim and Angela invest the money in this property. They make it a home. They paint it. They carpet it. They add some new appliances to it. They do it as they can afford it because remember, Harry and Sue paid 300 grand for their house, right? They are now house poor. All of their money is going towards this house payment. They don't have any additional revenue to put into the property, but Jim and Angela, their payment is six, $700 a month less than Harry and Sue, and they take that money and they invest it into their home. Right? So it's the same outgo, 
right? But instead of investing it all up front in a ready-to-go property, Jim and Angela smartly buy a house at $225,000 in the same neighborhood that's worth three hundred grand. right? You with me so far? Unfortunately, Jim's job is also lost, right? And they got a transfer. However, the market's come down to what? $260,000. They bought it for what? $225,000. So they're still walking out with a $35,000 spread, even though the market has come down. Now, if they decide to stay in the home, keep it as a rental. Remember, Jim lost his job, so maybe they got to relocate, right? They keep it as a rental. They're cash flowing because their payment on that $225 is like $1,200 a month. They get a renter willing to pay them $1,800 a month. And here's a newsflash, guys. When the market goes down, the rental market goes up. Do you know why? Tell us. Because when there are less people available to buy properties, they have to rent. See, homelessness is not fun. I can, uh, I can understand that. See what I'm saying? So you got a lot of people who foreclose at the same time. They're going to go rent property. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So now they're getting $1,800 a month against their $1,200 a month payment. Although their property has gone down in value, it will go back up. One thing we know for certain about the real estate market is what goes up must definitely come down. But what comes down will almost certainly go up eventually, right? So they hold on to it. They're now cash flowing $500, maybe $600 a month on this property. So really, know what they've lost? Nothing. Hmm. They've got cash flow coming in. Somebody else is paying down that mortgage. And you know maybe because the mortgage payment is so much less, they can actually sit on the property and not worry about it at all. Or maybe, since we're here to talk about refinancing today, remember I told you they bought a $225,000 house that's worth $300,000. It's come down a little bit in value, but because they're below the 80% loan-to-value mark, they can refinance that house at the lower balance with the same equity there, reducing their payment down from the $1,250 they're paying down to 1000 a month, maybe. And I'm just throwing numbers. Don't hold me on this right now, okay? But my point is, is when you're buying equity in a foreclosure, you can always refinance that equity later on. You can take it out as a cash-out equity. You can refinance your property and go buy that Corvette you've always wanted. I'm not advising that. I'm just saying you could. I don't have to explain myself to you people. It was a viper. Now listen, when you are approaching your, your earning years, when you're in your early 20s, 30s, even in your 40s, you should be looking at your house not as a place to live, but as the most powerful investment tool of your life. When you first buy the property, the lender counts the value as exactly what you paid for it. Okay? So even though Jim and Angela spent $225 on a house that would retail for $300,000, in the lender's eyes, that house is worth $225,000. Okay? But that valuation only sticks with the property for three to six months, depending on which lender you talk to. Okay. Six months from the date they purchase it, they can get a market appraisal on the property, and now the true value of the home will come out. Meaning that that 225 house, if it was worth 300 grand, there's a $75,000 spread. So when you're first getting a property, especially when you're buying your first home, it feels kind of like a financial enema. Okay? They want a lot of details. They want to know how often you pay your credit card payment. What's your favorite movie? No, it's not that serious. But they do ask a lot of silly questions in underwriting. And listen, they're doing their job. They want to make certain you are qualified to buy this house. Because with all due respect, if you're not financially soluble or sound or savvy, you should not be a homeowner. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. Just a reality too. If you can't pay 
your car note at $250 a month on an $8,000 car note. And there's no reason at all to lend you $300,000 to buy a house. You see what I'm saying? That's just logical. If you decided not to pay your you know, credit card bill for $125 because you wanted to go see that, that concert or whatever, if you're not financially responsible, you shouldn't be a homeowner. Okay? But if you feel like you're financially responsible, you should be buying a home with equity because that's the financially responsible thing to do. Right? It's like buying a new car. It's fun right, to buy a new car. It smells nice, and etc. But what happens the very moment that new car you bought drives off the lot. It drops in value substantially, right? You've lost instantaneously 5, 10, maybe 15% of that car just by virtue of titling it in your name, okay? Doesn't happen with houses. They don't go down in value at that rate. They go down when the market goes down, so it's completely out of your control. But the same rules apply. Buy below market, in this case, in this analogy, a used car. Buy a house where somebody else has already taken the depreciation hit. You know, Instead of buying the new, fully decked out Honda Accord for $42,000, you go and buy a two-year-old one for $27,000. The depreciation has already helped you. The same applies to buying a foreclosure. You're buying depreciation out of the gate. Okay, lenders recognize that financially savvy choice and they will reward that by giving you better interest rates, less or no mortgage insurance, and put yourself in a position where should the stuff hit the fan and I'm right about the market having a massive shift, and trust me guys, I'm right. It is just a matter of time, okay? But when, when these things take place, you're going to be in a financial position where you're just not worried about it. You don't have to worry if you buy equity. You don't have to worry if you buy a deal, not a house, right? And we're going to help you to do that, yes, because it's what we do for a living, but also because I bought my very first deal many years ago. If you listen to the opener of the show, I won't, I won't recap the whole story for you, but that first deal netted me almost $18,000 in equity and over time has rolled into other properties where I now have an equity position that is staggered. Okay, and I can get you there too if you're willing to take the advice and look past the cosmetic issues every foreclosure house has, right? Because if you're buying it right, you are one refinance away from fixing the payment problem. Maybe when you're first buying it, the rate is a little high and the mortgage insurance puts you in a payment that's 200, maybe 300 a month more than you're actually comfortable with. I'm not encouraging you to overspend. What I'm saying is if you bought it right, you don't have to worry about that. Because within three to six months of ownership, you can call Cardinal Financials, for instance, and refinance that property without the mortgage insurance at a lower interest rate and at a more affordable payment. Now you're Jim and Angela home buyer and you're set. You lose your job, it's okay, you got the equity. You can turn it into a rental, right? You want to relocate, put it on the market, you can make money on the property, have a huge down payment for your next property, okay? Or you can be like our first home buyers who are trying to tread and keep above water because they a retail home in this marketplace. Now, I, I gotta be frank with you, we kind of need the retail buyers, right? We need people to pay full price for the house. If, if everybody was a deal hunter like us, the listeners of the show here, then if everybody had that mindset, the market would just collapse on its own, right? right. Everybody would want a deal. But as long as there are people <clears throat> dumb enough to pay retail or above retail for a property, there's an opportunity for us foreclosure buyers, right? And I don't care if you're buying your first house or your eighth house. There are deals in every neighborhood, in every market, everywhere. You just have to be willing to look for the deal, not the house. So if you're the type who's going to walk in and go, man, this house is green. I hate green. I can't deal with green. I can't tell you how many buyers I walked in and I go, it's called paint. Buy the paint 
right? And if you're willing to do that, you can make 30, 40, 50 grand in your first house. You can roll that into your next property, right? Now you're 40, 50 grand ahead times two, call it 100 grand ahead. You do that five, six, maybe eight times in your existence total. You'll be paying for a house in cash, free and clear. And you can do so within 10 years as opposed to making a 30-year mortgage payment for 30 years, right? Buy low, sell high. That's what we're all about here on Foreclosure Deals Coach. And the good news is we're going to help you to do it because our whole mission, our whole purpose, the whole reason we exist is to help you to find a great deal right there in your local marketplace. You know, and we're so proud to be a part of it. Guys, this show has been awesome. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every single week. Keep those questions coming, will you? Because we want to know what you want to learn about foreclosure buying and how we can help you to not buy a house, but rather buy a deal right here in your own real estate marketplace. With that, this is Donnie Corum your foreclosure deals coach. I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in. I want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Financial, uh, for sponsoring the show here. We really appreciate you guys. And we're coming to you live from Dead City Studios in downtown Denver, Colorado. Once again, Donnie Corum, Colorado Foreclosure Deals, Foreclosure Deals Coach. Don't you buy a house, buy a deal. Before you got here, only God can judge me, so I'm gone. Either love me or leave me alone.